0: All Friday with Burns and Gambo, presented by Seventy Two Sold Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 5 o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show on this football Friday, live from the auction Community Studios. We will not be on the air on Monday. We'll give way to the Cardinals pregame show, so this is kind of our last opportunity here on Burns and Gambo to preview the Cardinals and the Patriots coming up on Monday night. We're treating it like we would treat a game that's being played on Sunday. So to talk about the Patriots, to talk about how important this game is for them, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, we welcome him back because we've had him on On many occasions, it's been a while, but we've had him on on many occasions. The founder, editorial director of BostonSportsJournal.com, Greg Bedard, joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Greg, I hope this call finds you well. Thanks for uh, returning our phone call today and coming on the air. We appreciate it. I, I thought
1: I offended you guys more than normal last time. It's been so long. Oh,
0: I'm sure. Oh, we'll <laughs> never forget that prediction of what was it? Ten straight losses? It, or, what, something what, like that. It, yeah. it was, One of my best. It was. It was absolutely. You were. You were Sports Illustrated. I'll tell the story yeah. for the people who don't know because you. You were. T- such a good sport about it. Became a fan favorite, one hundred percent. I mean, we had great back and forth back in the day. So you're you're covering football for Sports Illustrated. You did a game by game prediction for the Cardinals. You predicted they were going to lose ten straight, and that was the year they went thirteen and three. We had you on. We gave you some grief. We had a good laugh over it. Then the next year, the Sports Illustrated has the Cardinals on the cover, and you've got them winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> and we had you on about that. We had we had great fun with you, Greg. It was you were such a good sport about all of it. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, it was an illustrious period during my career, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Uh, before we get to the before we get to the the Patriots, damn, the Celtics look good.
1: Oh yeah, man! They wiped the floor with the Suns the other night, huh? Yeah, hey, do you guys look like a JV team. <laughs> yeah, no, they did, they did. I'm not gonna lie, they kicked the Suns' ass all over
0: the court. I mean, they were up by like forty six at one point. It was like, what is going on here? I, I just Tatum and Brown and the team. That team looks unbelievable. I can't imagine they're not gonna win the championship this year.
1: They don't. They don't even have Rob Williams yet. No. Wait till they get a real center. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, they are scary. I think. Uh, I've been impressed with those young guys, like how they, they really took the loss in the finals to the warriors by heart. And, uh, you know, they're, they're dead set on avenging that. And, you know, they, they got a rematch coming up. Uh, I think it's tonight or tomorrow night. Uh so that'll be interesting to see the progress that they've made.
0: Yeah, the Warriors game is strong. I've been very impressed with how they, as an organization, respond to that. Not only with the guys on the court, but going out and making the additions, Malcolm Brogdon and things like that. They've played. They've played so well. Okay, so I, I got to admit, you're on our you're on our mind a little bit today because a, a tweet that you sent out from your website, bostonsportsjournal.com. dot com. We couldn't read it. We, we wanted to read it, <laughs> no, so, so We hey could not read it. You, you know, it, you, it, pay it, up, you cheap <laughs> masters. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, the problem is we've got to pay for everything here. Every time I want to go read a story in another, like I'd be paying $4,000 a month
1: if I had to pay for everything that I want to read. You you can afford it. Just don't buy as many shoes or anything, something (laughs) like
0: that. So as much as you care to give away about it, respecting the fact that it is you know, an article to pay for, you, you call this game coming up on Monday night important to Bill Belichick's future in New England. As much as you're comfortable with, explain why Monday's game is important to build Belichick's future in New England from
1: your perspective, Greg? Yeah, no question. And uh, I also talked about on my podcast if people want to search for that, Greg did our Patriots podcast. Um, so, uh, you know, basically, you know, in the wake of the Patriots, just they looked terrible the other night against the Bills. They weren't even competitive. Belichick's punting fourth and sixth with 12 minutes left, down three scores. And, you know, with the long layoff before, the Monday night game, you know, I checked in with some sources around the team sort of, you know, asking about, hey, you know, how are things looking? You know, what are you hearing about the Crafts and, you know, how are they feeling about things? And you really only Jonathan Kraft has talked on pregame radio once this year. And, um, you know, they basically backed Bill and, and, you know, what he was doing and where the team was. Um, but, you know, that was before. They, you know, lost two straight games to both the uh, the Vikings and uh, and the Bills the other night, and you know, just talking to them, the sense that I got was that um, I think a lot of people are are fearful that if the Patriots don't win this game, and um, the the post game locker room after the Bills game, I'm sure you guys saw some of the quotes that came out of it. It was I've never seen anything like it in my time covering the Patriots. Um, people uh some of the players were opening questioning the play calling the approach um i think the players were mostly frustrated that it was a conservative game plan going in which you expected because the bills have a lot of firepower the patriots don't and you know basically they played not to lose and then and belichick's done that a lot you know play not to lose and then the fourth quarter hopefully you make one more play and what happened was, is they fell behind. They fell behind 17-7 early in the second quarter. Bill scored on their first three possessions, and at that point, it looked. And I think the players felt this that that the Patriots were in basically, hey, let's 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 make the final score look good instead of trying to win the game. And so there is a this is a season-long frustration, especially on the offensive side of the ball, starting with the coaching decisions to make former defensive coordinator Matt Patricia the. Uh, offensive coordinator and offensive line coach joe judge former special teams coordinator is the quarterbacks coach the players were complaining about that way back and it was on my radar way back in may that has not gotten better they are one of the worst offenses in the league and then you you compound that with not even trying to win the game from the second quarter on punting with 12 minutes left uh, people are frustrated. So if, if the Patriots, if they continue on this downward trend, if they can't win Monday night, where the team's at, where the locker room's at, there's a sense that this could really bottom out for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And if that happens, um, I think the unthinkable is possible. Wow. And that means wow. Belichick possibly not coach of the Patriots beyond the season. Wow. Okay, because geez. there are wow.
0: certain guys in sports and in industries that you get to choose when you go out. And you would think that Belichick is, what, what six Super Bowls? You would think, I'll tell Robert Kraft when I'm not going to coach the Patriots anymore. He's not going to tell me when I'm not going to coach the Patriots
1: anymore. Well, that's... That's, I think, part of the issue. I think there, there's been an underlying current for a long time, at least since I started covering the team uh, around 2010. Um, and you could see this on some of the documentaries that they've had, NFL films, where, you know, uh, let's just say it's debatable how much it, does Belichick give Robert and Jonathan Kraft the respect that they think they deserve, Um you know, let's just start there. But then you compound it with Belichick's the one who basically pushed Tom Brady out the door. He goes on to Tampa Bay, wins a Super Bowl, almost knocks off the eventual Super Bowl champion. They're in first place again. He came back on Sunday night down 16-3 to 3 when, when Belichick decided at the same time to, to punt and not try to win that game. Maybe just try to not avoid getting blown out again by the Bills. And then, you know, there's a whole host of factors. Um, Brady, number one, number two, two years ago they spent an NFL record $160 million in guaranteed contract to bail Belichick out of his uh, year after year poor drafting that that left the, the roster entirely devoid of talent. Uh, that has not worked out. As you see, they could be on their way to their second losing season in, in three years. Um, you know, and then you know, you talk about the, what they've done to a promising young quarterback. I mean, they basically—I've said it all year long—they basically uh, take in the playbook on how to ruin a young quarterback, change the coordinator, change the offense, don't give them good protection. They've done that to a T. You put all things, those things together with some—you know—you know—a lot of people would say, "Well, who are you going to get? Who's going to be better than Belichick?" I mean, it's a fair question. But at 70, with his re- recent track record, Sean Payton's out there right now. Would he be there in a year or two? I don't know. Yeah. Billy O'Brien is well thought of here by the crafts. He's available right now. He might not be for long. Brian Flores, same thing. So to put follow. all th- those things together. And, you know, you could see how from the ownership side, you know, m- maybe for the first time they're actually entertaining that thought.
0: Yeah. Greg, we appreciate the time. Uh, we are uh, up against it, as it were, but we appreciate you coming on for a few minutes. It's good to have you back on the show. I don't know if you're traveling out here for the game on Monday. I am not. Okay, okay so, uh, but I'm sure you'll be covering it from afar on your yep. website that you're the editor of. Uh, we appreciate the time, as always. Thank you for coming on and give us that fascinating insight. That was really good, good stuff. We appreciate it. Anytime, thanks, guys. You got Greg Bedard joining us on the Arizona Sports Line as he is the editor and uh, founder of BostonSportsJournal.com dot com. With the suggestion that maybe this game means a little bit more to Bill Belichick than I can't imagine. He would have you would think that there are certain people that just ha- they have the ability to say, "Listen, I'll I'll tell you when I'm when I'm going to when I'm going to leave." Yeah. And that Bill Belichick, after giving them six Super Bowls, would have earned that right. Would have earned the right to say, "I'll go out on my terms, not on your terms." Yeah. Well, everything. All good things. come come to an end eventually like somehow here, some like you should have the right to tell them when you don't want to work anymore <laughs> how many years you've been here 25 i uh, used right you're i'll tell you when i'm gonna retire yeah i don't think i quite have bill Belichick's quite power over this organization but god bless you for thinking i do when we come back last year the suns basically beat everyone all the time this year they haven't why what's the cause that's next burns and gambo And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we are an hour. 10 minutes away from the Suns and the Pelicans. We'll have our pregame coverage coming up at uh, 6 o'clock tonight. Weird start time tonight, 6.30 here on Arizona Sports. And credit where credit's due to our friends over at Bright Side of the Sun. in, In trying to explain this story as simply as I possibly can, because I think for anybody who's been watching the Suns this year the way we have, it really this feels right. This story very much feels right. Dave King, their lead writer over at Bright Side of the Sun, went back and looked at every single game the suns have played so far this year when they've played a winning team and then he went back and looked last year at every single game the Suns played in the playoffs all 13 of them six against the pelicans seven against the Mavs, and he discovered one really weird trend that may or may not explain the state of the I love this suns right now research right here i yeah. love it yeah, dave king knocked it out of the park on this one he did a good job what he discovered was that The vast majority of the games the Suns have played in when they're playing good teams, playoffs last year above 500 teams this year, is that if the Suns are winning after the first quarter, they win the game. If the Suns are losing after the first quarter... They lose the game. Okay, that is not typical of an NBA basketball not game. at all, right? No, it's just not. The NBA is a, is a league of runs. It's a league of spurts. A ten, with the three-point shot being the weapon it is, you're not out of it, down by double digits, going into halftime. You're down 10, you're down 12. Now, the Suns' problem in some of their games is that they get down by so much that you can't make that up. You're down by 25, you're dead. You're dead in bed. You're down by 10, you're not. So it's usually when you're down by... By 25, there's a greater chance that it's going to end up being 35 than it is going to be 15. Because it's harder to come back from that deficit because you know you're not going to win down 25. But usually down 10 or 12, teams make runs. You're down 8. I mean, sure. teams make runs all the time. You, you 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 hit a 3, you get a stop, you hit another 3, that's a 6 nothing spurt, you're right back in the game. So that is very typical of the NBA. So I'm kind of shocked to see what, what those numbers were. Yeah, in fact, I'm looking at games this year in particular. Games where they really... Had it handed to them after the first quarter? Okay, and obviously the two this week qualify. They were down by 10 to the Celtics after the first quarter. They were down to the Mavericks by 18 after the first quarter. God, it was that bad? Yeah, it was that bad. Um, the 76ers. They were down thirteen after the first quarter in that game. So now you start talking about it's like some of the elite teams that they've played. Not the Mavs, they're not elite, but they were a playoff team. Obviously, they were Western Conference finalists from a year ago. The Celtics, the Sixers, you talked about the Eastern Conference. Yeah, three Problem. and four against the yeah. East. They've lost to Boston, Orlando, Philly, Miami. And Miami. Those are the four. Three and four, and three of those games. Three of those losses. Double digit losses. Yeah. So three of those games were not even close. They lost by double digits. So they're 3-4 and four against the East, three of the losses by double digits. That's a trend that I noticed yesterday. But digging a little bit deeper, because these first quarters, like, yeah, I'm kind of shocked by that. Man, you get down in the first quarter like that, You usually teams come back from first quarter deficits all the time. So in three of those Eastern Conference losses that you're talking about, right? Yeah. The, the Magic don't count because they're not above 500. okay? 76ers, they were down 13 after the first quarter. They lost by 12. The Heat... They- They were down by four after the first quarter. They lost by one. The Celtics, they were down by 10 after the first quarter. They lost by 27. And then you go back to last year's playoffs and the 13 games they played in every single one but two of those games. So 11 of the 13. Whoever was winning at the end of the first quarter won the game. So it's 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 just odd. It's just it's it's not a typical NBA game. And the only thing I can think of that maybe kind of sort of explains it. The only thing I can think of is that this team, if they don't have the lead after the first quarter, because they're so Booker dependent to get them through. I know last year Booker was missing for some of these games. It was more of a Chris Paul thing that. I I wonder if they get tight after the first quarter, you know, like they get through the first quarter and they're losing like they're, and they get tight because they, they didn't establish their offense the way they wanted to. They didn't establish their style of game that they wanted to. And then they start to press and they start to squeeze a little bit harder to try to get that win. Whereas if they've got the lead after the first quarter, they can play a little more loosely. They can play a little more freely because they know they've been able to establish the kind of rhythm they want to be in, in that game. And granted, I'll be the first to admit I'm. I'm taking how I feel about the Boston game, and I'm kind of applying it to all these games because I think that's exactly what happened against Boston. I think Booker came out, he missed his first few shots. Mikel came out, he missed his first few shots, and they got tight. They got tight because the same thing had happened a couple of nights ago in Dallas, and in their minds they were thinking, "Uh-oh, another rough start." Here we go again, which is why you believe one of the big keys for tonight against the Pelicans. Get book get some early book. early, right? Get, get book early. You know, it's interesting. I'm going back to the Dallas Suns series last year. Um there is a game, it was game five in which Phoenix took a three two lead. The Suns were down at the end of the first quarter, 26-23. Yes. So they were down at the end of the first quarter, they came back to win that game. That is the only game in the series in which the team in the first quarter that that led after the first quarter did not win. Yep. In the other six games in the Dallas series, the team that led after the first quarter won only game five, in which Phoenix jumped up three to two, were they down in the first quarter and came back to win. And they came back to win big. They won that game by what, thirty points? If I remember right? I uh, game five? Game five, they won by 30 points. Yeah, like 120 to 90 or something like yeah, that. Good memory, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, the Pelicans series, same thing. Game three, they were trailing after one quarter. They won the game by three. That was the only game in the Pelicans series where the team that won the first quarter So twice did in the win playoffs. The yeah, that's it. That's oh, man, it. A, you don't, you know, again, you just don't expect it. With the three-point shot being the weapon that it is, with teams going on runs and spurts all the time, you wouldn't think that out of 13 playoff games last year, Only two of those games did the team, the Suns, only two of those games did the team not leading after the first quarter lose. It's weird. It's weird, but now it's given us something to kind of really pay attention to. Like, so I'm going to shut it off after the first quarter. I'm good. (laughs) I'll watch the first quarter of the Suns game. Whoever's winning, I'll tweet it out. Dang, big win right there for the Suns. Whoever wins, ever leading in the first quarter. But to your point, it is so counterintuitive. Yeah. Like, like. Uh, whoever thinks the first quarter of a basketball game means that much, it never should mean that much ever. Not in this league. Not with the runs. Not with the ability for teams to get back in it. Not for teams to go cold for a quarter in the at some point in the game. It should never. It should never come down to something like that. But it's, it's it does it does kind of speak to this idea of the Suns start to press. The Suns start to have something feel funny. Like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yesterday, just looking yesterday's games. The Clippers led the Heat. This is just yesterday. There were three games in the NBA yesterday. Okay. The Clippers led the Heat 28 to 20 after the first quarter. Clippers, yesterday. Clippers led the Heat 28 to 20. Heat won by five. Okay. The Rockets led the Spurs 29 24. Spurs won. Spurs won. The Blazers led the Nuggets 36 30. Nuggets won. Nuggets won. <laughs> there were three NBA games yesterday. Yeah, and all three teams that led after the first quarter lost. It's funny you said that. It's really funny you said because, that because it's, this is that, but right. that's more normal. Because I was I was thinking now the next step for this is to look at all the NBA teams but around just, the league. Yeah, like yeah I just I, did. I, I took you warden... just did for one night, but like, like for the whole season, like how often? Oh, yeah, the time to do that? Well, of course not. But but how often does the first quarter winner win the game? Okay, how you, often does the first quarter loser so lose mean, the game? All right, I'm gonna have fun with this. I'm I'm going to go back to Wednesday. Okay. Okay. The Clippers led the Magic 32 to 14. Wednesday. I hope the Clippers won the game. The Magic won. The Magic came back to win. The Magic won the game. They were down 32 14. They were down 32 14. They won 116 wow. to 111. Man. What a, <laughs> just a, what a classic collapse that is. Yeah. It's just not, it's just really like not the, it's just not usually the norm. Uh, the Pistons led the Pelicans same day. The Pistons led the Pelicans at the end of the first quarter. The Pelicans won. I knew the Pelicans won that game. The man. Warriors led the Jazz 35-30. Oh, well. You saw how that I happened, saw how right? that ended. Woo! The Jazz won. Yeah. So, like, that's... It's it's a mix and a mosh. It's, it's it's more even. See if you, it's more 50-50 than yeah. anything else. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line. As always, you can uh, shoot us a text at 620-620 here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We're not going to have a show on Monday, which means for us, it's our last opportunity to preview you Cardinals, Patriots, Monday Night Football, and we'll do that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo, presented by 72 Soul, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You look at the predictions for this game coming up on Monday night. Clean sweep over at Sports Illustrated's Monday morning quarterback. They all think New England's going to win. NFL.com, same thing. Their lone writer who takes a stab at predicting these things has the Patriots winning by three. On ESPN's kind of write-up for each game, their two guys they had making predictions both had the Cardinals winning against New England. It certainly is for the Patriots from their standpoint. You look at their upcoming schedule. You look at their situation. This is they're on do the outside looking yeah. in right now. This is do or die time. They they yeah. they have to win this game. If they don't, you look at what's left on their schedule, they're not gonna make the playoffs. I mean this, they, they've got to win this one, and I'm sure they'll approach the game that way. Yeah, totally agree, especially when you, you look at the teams that they're competing with, the Jets, the Chargers, to try and get into the playoffs. Arizona, they're going to play Arizona. Then they're going to stay in the Valley. They're going to stay here for a week and then play the Raiders. Um, They'll stay here for the week and then go play the Raiders. Then they're playing the Bengals. Then they're playing the Dolphins. Then they're playing the Bills. Okay. Bengals need to win. Dolphins need to win. Bills are probably going to need to win. So those three games are all games that are going to be hard games, unless the Bills don't have anything to play for. But those are three tough games, just, you know, on average. So that's what you look at. You know, you look at the Jets who they're fighting for a playoff spot with, and you look at the Jets. Schedule with Mike with Mike White. You know, the Jets have the Bills this week. Then they get Detroit, but they get Jacksonville, and then they're at Seattle at Miami. Not an easy schedule either. But Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, and Miami. Those so and again, I think that's the teams you're battling with. You're battling with the Chargers, you're battling with the Jets. No margin for error, right? Error right there. The Patriots have to win probably three of these remaining five games to get in. It was really interesting to have Greg Bedard on the show earlier, former Sports Illustrated NFL Writer. He now owns and operates and runs the Boston Sports journal.com And uh, he, he sent out a tweet this morning. I saw it, and it was behind a paywall, and I, I couldn't get to it. And and thank goodness he had a good sense of humor about it because we basically asked him to come on and, hey, could you read your article to us? What, what did it Look, say? You wrote about something. We don't know what it is. But, but if you wrote about something and we want to know what it's about, what is it all about? Uh, basically, the, the belief that if they lose this game against the Cardinals on Monday, I'm, not that they're going not, not to... And he's not saying they're going to fire Bill Belichick on Tuesday, but that that could be the legit beginning of the end of Bill Belichick in New England. And and I look, Greg, how do you fire Bill Belichick? Don't know. How do you fire Bill Belichick? I don't. I, Six Super Bowls the guy brought okay. you. You've been the most dominant program uh, team in in football for decades. Here's how you do it in a subtle way, okay, Bill. You're a legendary head coach. You've won six Super Bowls here. You're all everything. We need you to change some things. Matt Patricia can't be your offensive coordinator. Bill, Joe Judge can't be your quarterback's coach. We need you to, you know, we need you to address. Who's saying this to him? Uh, Robert Kraft, the owner. Do you think he has his number? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I would hope so. I would hope so. Bill, Well, we, we need you to do this stuff. We, we we insist, as the owners of this, as the people who pay your salary, we insist you can't, because that's, that's how you can give somebody like that the squeeze. And then if Bill goes, no, I'm Bill Belichick, I will do whatever I want, I am in charge, it's right. my football then program, do you do? then you say, you're gone. We've asked him to make changes, he won't do them. I, I would be shocked if I ever see a headline, Patriots fire Bill Belichick. Oh, I'd be shocked too. Just, I'm just blown I, away. I'm just kind of giving you a path of how I could see it playing out, you know. Because I mean, look. it would be like the mutual agreement, or like, sure, oh sure, man. We you know we eventually have to move on and get a younger coach and start over. And you're 70, man. Let's just like go out on go out you go, go out go out on your terms, man. Don't go out on us. Go out on your terms, yeah. I Whatever mean. that may be, like or, or just come up with a plan, like Bill. How much longer do you want to coach? If he says, "Look, maybe a year or two more years." Okay. Ride that out so you so he could go out on his own. If he's like, "I want to coach 5 more years." Then you, then you have a tougher decision, but you like, "Come come up with an exit plan for him." Look, I know it's hard for anybody to imagine this going down, but if you think about the history of professional sports as we know it, this is how it goes. Right. there, It's sports is filled with moments like this. Joe Montana left the 49ers to play for That's the Chiefs. That's a player, though. Well, I know. I know. But it's but it's still we have a hard time. I mean, you and I Dallas once had Cowboys and Tom Landry. You and I once had a bet. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. For, for Jimmy Johnson. Yep. You they, and I like, once had, had a, to get rid of Landry. You and I once had a bet about Tom Brady playing for anybody other than the Patriots. And I took that bet, and I wasn't betting on the Patriots, and I wasn't betting on Tom Brady. I was just betting on the history of sports. Do we have that bet again? Don't we have a similar bet or something? We like do, that? don't we? Do we have a Tom Brady bet, Mitch? Sorry, Mitch. Mitch is our... Um, this is like, Mitch is back. He was sick all week. Yeah, it's good to have you But back. I'm the bookie, apparently. Oh, well, well, yeah, you are. Down, he writes down all the bets. Yeah, he writes down all the bets. I think we have a will he ever... We have something long term like that. Play for another team. He's he's pulling up. So that's in professional sports. Yeah, the Tom Landry. Who would have ever seen him getting? Can Alabama fire Nick Saban? Sure, they could eventually, but it's hard to envision that. I mean, Penn State didn't fire Paterno. Alabama didn't fire Bear Bryant. I don't know. I don't know. But Bo Schembechler, there's. And, and who knows? If they beat the Cardinals, then maybe all of this is for nothing. Mitch, you got to pull up yet? I was... I yeah, was so scared. back on... What do you got for us? What was this? October 28th is what I have? Indiana did get rid of Bobby Knight, but they had a reason. <laughs> this is the end for Tom Brady, or he will play one more year. Oh, okay. What do we got? Do you remember? Who guessed no, one more year? I, I have that he's done. That is correct. I know. have that he's done. So, Gambo, uh, you think one more. I got that he's going to play one more. Do you mm. guys still feel the same way two months later? I just... I mean, without the marriage thing, I mean, you don't have anybody telling you what to do. I would change my vote if I could. I would, I, I would change had, that like, bet if I could. Retire? or I'm leaving. Like you, you like I think he'll. I think he'll. The San Francisco thing. I don't know. I got a feeling that's going to happen. I have a feeling the San Francisco thing's going to happen for him. Oh man, they gave up all those draft picks for Trey Lance. I mean, they gutted the franchise just to go get a franchise quarterback, and this will be what year three? That he wouldn't be their quarterback? You gave up three first-round picks to get Trey Lance, and going into year three, years is Jordan Love sitting behind Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, but you didn't give up three first-round picks to get him. You know, you give up three first-round picks. You're saying you're our guy for you're a my long guy time, in 2024. You're my guy. Sure, <laughs> I right. got gotcha. you. Going into the last year of your rookie contract, you're our you guy. You haven't played for us at all. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to believe. But for the Patriots, yes, this is a must win. For the Patriots, yes, this is one they've got to have. And yet, I don't think they're that good of a football team. I'd be, I've said this before, I will say it again, I would be very disappointed if we come in here on Tuesday and the Cardinals lost to the Patriots. I just don't think the Patriots are that good. I don't. And I think they're a little bit of in turmoil right now. Jay Feely agrees with me. About what? Tom Brady's playing another year. Well, I just said if I could take mm, back the I bet, I would. Jay Feely, hi Jay. How you doing? Mm-hmm. He was like the best man in his wedding or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so Jay is just texting you now. He's not texting me. He's not. He's not texting in the group. I see you, Jay. Uh, Okay, that's cool. Three best friends group. Apparently not. (laughs) Who named (laughs) that group, by the way? Apparently. Who who Who, named the group? We've got a a text group, you, me, and Jay Feely, and somebody nicknamed it the three best friends. (laughs) Three best friends (laughs) that anybody's (laughs) ever had. I don't know who named it, but apparently I've been kicked out of the club. Oh, man. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate that. Yep. Uh, I get it. It's down to two. It's cool. That's cool. Two best friends that anybody ever had? Mm hmm. I've been eliminated. We come back on the Burns and Gambo show this weekend. Could determine who really is the best team in the NFC. How? We'll tell you next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. What's on tonight? Doubleheader, if you will, tonight, and you can hear both of them on the Arizona Sports app. Suns, Pelicans coming up in 45 minutes, 6.30 tip time, pregame coverages at 6.00. You can hear that here on 98.7 or on the Arizona Sports app. And then an hour after that, the Bruins at the Coyotes. It's not the other way around. 21 wins, 3 losses. First home game in a month for the Coyotes. Yeah, and you got to play the Bruins. And you got to play the Bruins. The best team in the NHL. Yeah. Um, 7.30 face-off there. Uh, it's on ESPN 620, the Arizona Sports app, 98.7 FM HD2. Uh, so you got both local teams in action tonight in that regard. I don't like ASU basketball, I don't think they're back at it until Monday. And I think they play Creighton. And I think Creighton in- Indiana and Arizona tomorrow. Indiana and Arizona tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. Let's, Let's want to miss the Wildcats. Um, yep, that is tomorrow. Um And then, of course, Suns. Now, programming note, by the way, uh Suns-Pelicans game two is early. Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. 1.30? I, th- I thought it was two. Is it two? Okay. But might be one. I don't know. I'm not it's sure. Early. Our, I know it's an early game. Our little TV guide thing at ArizonaSports.com says 1.30. Okay, then it's 1.30. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I would mean, go over <laughs> well, that. Exactly. I'm not sure either. <laughs> this thing has been wrong, too. Um so uh, normally about the time you'd be watching a Cardinals game, you'd be watching you can watch the Pelicans mm-hmm. on Sunday if you want. Or you can watch NFL football if you want because there are games galore this weekend that uh, you kind of need to keep an eye on around the National Football League. Uh, obviously with the Cardinals not playing until Monday night, you've got uh, several big games. I mean, like where you want to start. I mean, you pick a game. Where do you want to start? What's the What's the big game that you think? I, I, I like the Brock Purdy game. Let's start with Brock Purdy in San Francisco. Buccaneers, 6-6, six and six, taking on the 8-4 and four San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy making the start this week after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt last week. The Niners have won five straight games. The Bucks have lost three straight road games. Tom Brady has never lost four straight on the road. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those games where you're looking at the game and you're saying, okay, I mean, I, I want a reason to believe that the 49ers can beat the Eagles or the Cowboys or the Vikings in a playoff game. Now, with Garoppolo Although I was of the belief that they could, but now I want to see with that running game, with that defense, as good as it is, I think Bose is questionable to play in this game. So I think that's a big issue there is that Bose is questionable to play. I think you're right. But you got Brock Purdy know, stepping into the starter role for a big game right here. I I, I want to see, in my opinion, I want to I wanna see if he's good enough to to win the game and make people believe that they're just fine with him playing instead of Garoppolo. That's the big key, right? And and I think you're right. I think it's nobody thinks that you can win a Super Bowl with your third string quarterback. This is the first step for Brock Purdy to kind of show that everybody's wrong. Right. And what better test than to go up against the guy that I'm sure like the rest of us, you know, Brock Purdy probably grew up going to Perry High School, living in the East Valley. You know, I don't know about idolizing Tom Brady, but certainly watching Tom Brady. Certainly, man, that's the best quarterback I've ever seen. And now you have to go up against him. Let's see how he handles Something like that. Eagles and the Giants this weekend. That's a Sunday morning game. And the Eagles eleven and one. Giants are seven four and one. The Giants have only won two of their last seven games. They're fading a little bit. Saquon Barkley also questionable to play in that game. So keep your eye on that. There's a, there's some injuries in this game to to keep your eye on. But that one's important. Um, this is a, the Giants' lastest schedule is not easy down the stretch. But the one. Thing for them is that they do have that matchup against the Washington Commanders, who they tied last week at the end. Right now, they got a Dory Jackson out for this game. Leonard Williams is doubtful. Uh, Shane Lemieux is out. The offensive lineman, so they've got some injuries coming in. So, but yeah, Jackson's their best cornerback, and he's missed the last two games. So, this is going to be a hard game for them to win. I don't think they have to win it, but again, that that game against Washington, I think will ultimately depend which of those teams gets in the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I, I think more than I, they're not... Philly's really good, so you don't expect the Giants to win, but certainly they could use some positive momentum because they have been sliding these this last month and a half or so. Jets taking on the Bills. Um, the Jets actually handed the Bills a loss earlier in the season. Their defense made life awfully tough on Josh Allen. Um, so now the Jets are doing it. Mike White's their quarterback. He had the big debut last weekend. Not so much. We'll see how much longer that spark can last. And, and for the Bills, I, I don't know if they're... Pfff. <laughs> Not bored with the regular season, you know, I, but they've, they've hit a lull kind of the last month of the season where they just haven't been as dynamic. They haven't been as, as awe inspiring as maybe they were earlier in the season. I don't know if they can get back to that level against the Jets because the Jets have such a good defense, but the Bills have been a little underwhelming these last few weeks. Yeah. No, I think that they lost a little bit of their, their mojo for sure. But you know, you always get up for a division opponent and the Jets win this game. The feeling is about an, I think it's sort about an 81% chance to make the playoffs if they get a win here. Look, the Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, like the AFC seems to be pretty wide open. There's some really good teams there. So I think that the Bills, to me... Um, You know, I think home field advantage. If you go to Arrowhead, outdoors, cold. You go to Buffalo, outdoors, cold. Miami is indoors and warm. So Cincinnati's cold. So, you know, I think Buffalo wants to you know, and with their crowd, if they can, you know, find a way to get get home games, that's the most important thing for them. And I I say that about the Bills. They've been a little underwhelming the last couple weeks. They're still the number one seed in the AFC. I mean, it's not like it's been a disaster for Buffalo. You want to hold that. You want to hold that. You don't want to give that up. Everything's going fine there Uh, one other game that i'll throw in uh, as a mention because on one end of it you look at it and say why are we even bringing this one up but the detroit lions have won three of their last four games they're playing right they're playing well they're playing really well they are hosting the minnesota vikings dan campbell is anticipating an electric atmosphere at ford field because there's this belief that if they can win the game on sunday and beat Minnesota, hand them only their third loss of the season. That the Lions could somehow get back into this thing. Jared Goff is talking about, man, this is where I want to be. This is the best I've ever played in my career. The Lions have some momentum. Do the Vikings yeah. stunt their growth a little bit? I don't know. Let me blow you away with this stat. This is the first time since the 1970 merger that a team that has eight or more game that is eight or more games over 500 is an underdog against a team with a losing record. Wow, that is a mind blowing stat. The first time since the 1970 merger that a team eight or more games over 500 is an underdog against a team with a losing record. You get that with this Detroit game. Wow. Okay, so that that tells me a couple things. Number one, Detroit's hot. All right. I mean they're 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 hot. They're probably there's probably some money coming in on them because they're so hot. And number two, the Vikings. Man, at just about every single win they've got this year has been one score. Yeah, nine wins by eight points or less. Yep. They have nine wins by eight points or less. And the last time they played them, they needed a late game rally to beat the Lions in Minnesota. They barely beat them. And you just figure that you you live like that for too long, and eventually it's going to get you. You know, eventually yeah. you're going to have a game where it gets you a little bit. And despite Patrick Peterson, they do have the worst pass defense in the NFL, the Vikings. So, despite the fact that Patrick Peterson's talking a whole lot, they have the worst pass defense, and you got Jared Goff playing well right now. Yeah. And as you and I talked about earlier, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins. You don't trust Kirk Cousins. No. no. And I, I, I did like this Lions team coming in. I really like their coach, Dan Campbell. You know, you said the four out of five. The one loss they had was the Thanksgiving game against the Bills. and almost won that almost game. They almost won that game. That was the only loss they had in that stretch is the Bills game on Thanksgiving Day. And they blew a fourth quarter lead. Yeah, Gave up a field goal with two seconds left on the clock to lose that game. And then real quick, the other game is the, is the Sunday night game as it relates to the playoffs. And that is the Dolphins taking on the Chargers. Miami's Going to the playoffs. It's just a question of whether LA is going to get there or not. And of course, this is a matchup of the number five overall pick in 2020 versus the number six overall pick in 2020. Tua versus, Tua Justin, versus Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Chargers are six and six. They got that much needed win against the Cardinals. They're battling with New England and the Jets for playoff spots. So, a very, very important game for them. It's important for Miami, too, but a huge game for the Chargers because they can't afford losses right now at this point in the season. No, they can't. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Suns basketball is coming up next. We're going to not be back with you on Monday. We'll be back with you Tuesday here on the Burns and Gamble show. So everybody have a good weekend. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Have a great night everyone.
1: You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.